communicated some things here today in a very, I think, a very potent way, a very powerful way. And you are going to have an opportunity. We've already had this opportunity throughout this entire service to this point, but you're going to have an opportunity here as throughout the preaching and, and as we lead towards our prayer and um, time of prayer here at the end of the service, you're going to have an opportunity to respond. But the response is not just internal. It is an external response. Amen. Something does happen on the inside. So let's not rule that out. Something does happen on the inside. But it's so potent and so powerful, he doesn't just want to keep it on the inside. It comes out from you. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 7, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. There is a response that the Lord is looking for from you today. If you're here today, hear this preacher. If you don't hear nothing else here today, just hear me for a moment. God's looking for a response from you. And where that response begins is it starts with your voice. It starts with your voice. I can clap real loud. We can turn these things up and play real loud. But he wants your voice. You have a voice. Everyone say amen. Yeah, see, you got a voice. He's looking for you to let it out. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 is where we're going to begin here this morning. Thank you, uh, worship team, for just doing a great job here today. Thank you. Um, I, I want to say this sincerely. Thank you for not just phoning it in and saying, well, let's just sing a couple of nice, cute songs and just kind of be done with our day here this morning. Thank you for worshiping together here today. Amen. Amen. I'm going to do my best to preach as... Uh, quickly as possible and because I, I don't want to really miss this moment that we have here today. There's something very beautiful that's happening, but, but it, it, we're, not, we're not quite ready for it just yet. So I want to maybe help us get there if we can get there together here today. I mean, Luke chapter 2 and verse 13, this seems fitting, it seems all familiar, it seems all together. Verse 13 says, and suddenly there was an angel, there was with the angel, the angel of the Lord, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from the heaven, from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. In case you're wondering where this falls, this is after the birth of Jesus. We do this thing where, okay, Christmas is done. We don't have to celebrate it anymore. 
go back to the old songs and stop singing about the birth of Jesus and the celebration. But actually, in the Bible, the way that people celebrate and the way that I think is an appropriate way to celebrate is that when, after something happens, that's just when the celebration begins. That's when the party starts. That's where the excitement is. Amen. Come on, someone. Don't leave me hanging up here. Amen. So um, they said, let us go down to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And when they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, listen to what they did. They made widely known the saying which was told them by, uh, they made widely known concerning this Christ and all those things, all, all those who heard it, marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then listen, one last verse here this morning. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. And for a little while this morning, I do want to preach on this very, very subject that has been in alignment with what we've been singing about, what we've been praising about, what we've been talking about, and, and not just going to sing about it, not just going to talk about it, but we need to exercise it. It all aligns together here this morning. And, and Sister Kaylin, we didn't talk. You picked out the songs. We didn't talk ahead of time and say, okay, well, you sing about these things because I'm going to preach about these things. And we release our, our songs, our, our set list, and I intentionally don't look at those because I don't want to, I don't want to like, look at it and be like, okay, well, let, let's see if all this works out. Maybe I can tweak it or anything like that. We just trust in, lead, trust in leading the Holy Ghost here today. But for a little while here this morning, I do want to preach on this very thing. Let your voice out. Let it out. Someone say amen. amen. You know, let's try it now, everybody, all together. Everyone say amen. 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 That's good. <laughs> Amen. Shake hands with one another here this morning and tell someone you're glad to see them. If there's someone you don't know, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let them know that you look good, even if you have to speak by faith here today. Go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> and welcome, everyone, here this morning to Greater Life. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Amen. I'm so glad to see all of our children here with us this morning in our family service. Amen. We love our kids at Greater Life. Amen. 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 God is so good. God is so good. I, I, I pick on this shepherd scene here today, and I want to 
kind of be quick here today, but I want to pick, pick on this shepherd scene a little bit because um, this is kind of where we find ourselves here this morning. Yesterday was Christmas, and Pastor Hadden mentioned it already, that we kind of can get a little bit christmas out, yeah? Yeah, we can get a little bit like gift-giving out and a little bit of, you know, jingle bells out, and like, I just, I'm tired of, like, look, I appreciate it, but I'm just, I just don't have any more room for red and green. I just can't. Like, it's just, I, I love it, and it's good, but at some point, maybe that's just me here today, but, I, you know, sometimes it's, you know, some of you people, you start at, you start listening to Christmas music in August, in September, you just all of a sudden, oh, listen to this playlist, I'm like, stop, you can't, you can't do that, you can't do that to us, <laughs> you just, okay, and then it comes and it goes, and we kind of go, whew, thank the Lord that that's over, now that Christmas is over, winter can be over, and, uh, Amen. All right. Now, now I'm getting some. Okay. You know, we, we could just jump right into spring and summer, and uh, we're just going to love that. Amen. Amen. Well, you, you're, okay. Well, that's, that's this notion. That's this idea. And then after Christmas, we have this little New Year's, you know, blip on the radar, and then things get into the, 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 uh, the doldrums of winter, where if you look, have you, anybody looked at the forecast recently? The weather forecast? What's it looking like? Snow? And then after the snow is done, what's it looking like? Cold. It's going to be cold. And this is among the darkest time of the year. And we're sitting here going, I'm not really looking forward to that. We can, we can sit here going, you know what, I, this, this gets pretty heavy for some people. Amen. Just, come on, somebody, if I'm just going to be real. Like, this gets to be a hard time of the year for some people because it's cold and it's dark. And sometimes it's lonely, right? And you just, there's, there's no motivation. And what do we have going on here? And, and, and then, like, the world just doesn't stop and it keeps going by. But inserted in the middle of all of this, I want to insert something today that Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, like literally yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. And just because the holiday, let's say, has passed, just because some kind of random day on the calendar has passed and that day is gone, it doesn't mean that the potency of the power of Jesus Christ has changed one bit. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means in the greatest times and in your lowest times, we preached about it a few weeks ago, in the hills and in your valleys, he's the same God. We just sang about it here a little bit ago about not letting the stones cry out. And that is a reference in the New Testament when Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, his triumphant entry into Jerusalem that's preceding his death, the greatest victory that we've ever seen over the most confusing and controversial ways of doing it, the greatest victory. He's entering into the city, and all the city, the Bible says, is in an uproar because here comes Jesus into this city fulfilling prophecy. And everybody is in an uproar, and, and it was the Pharisees and the leaders that were saying to Jesus, Jesus, tell your people to be quiet. 
Tell them to be quiet because they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. They were crying out as Jesus was coming into the city and they were saying, just tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said that even in this moment right here, if I was to tell them to be quiet, this moment is so profound that even the stones themselves would cry out in their place. There was so much power and electricity in the air and that, that, that moment that you could kind of just sense and feel something is going to happen. But what was happening at that moment was that the people were letting their voices out. Over this past year, year and a half, couple years, and it's been something that's just been building over time, is that there has been an effort to diminish your voice. Come on, someone. Doesn't matter what voice that you've got, if your voice doesn't align with the powers that be in this world, that there are efforts that are being put in place to silence and suppress and diminish your voice. It's true. It's true. That wherever you go, and, you, and if there's something that you want to say that's contradictory to the, to the main plan that's going on in this world today, there's a fear now, and there's a whole culture surrounding it, and it's called cancel culture. That if you say anything that doesn't line up with it, there's a fear that you're going to be canceled. We see that, um, just a very practical example of what this looks like, is you see that from, uh, from one of the most, I think, brilliant innovators in our time is Elon Musk. And he, didn't, he hasn't told the, uh, the narrative, let's say, from, um, for, from a political perspective, he hasn't told the line uh, in the narrative that, that they're putting forth. And so what are they trying to do? They're trying to suppress his voice, trying to silence him, trying to keep him quiet. Okay. So that's, that's just a surface-level example of what's going on in this world. Take it down to a different level of something that's happening is that anything that stands up for truth, anything that stands up for righteousness and purity, Anyone that stands up for, for the things, not of a nation, but the things of a kingdom, of the kingdom of God. When you begin to stand up for the things of the kingdom of God, there's an effort that's being put in place to silence your voice. And there is a fear that gets instilled in us that, we didn't, that, that, that doesn't come from God. Okay, Let me just tell you today, if you've been battling fear, hear this preacher this morning. If you've been battling fear, that fear, that spirit of fear is not from God. It doesn't come from Him. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. 1 John 4, 17 says this. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness. Love does not sit quietly by, but love comes out with boldness in the day of judgment. Judgment means that there's, a, there's something that's coming that, that our way, maybe your way, that's saying it's time for you to be sentenced and quieted. But this says that love speaks out in boldness because he is and so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love. Come on, somebody here today. Perfect love casts out fear. 
That word cast out that we find in the Greek is the same usage of the terminology that's talked about when Jesus and the disciples and the apostles would cast out demons. It's the same type of terminology that lets us know that when you encounter fear, that you can speak to fear and you can cast it out. Come on, somebody. You know, you know here, here's the issue, is that you've been dealing with fear for so long. You've been, it's just become a part of your journey, a part of your custom. It's just kind of what we do. I just have fear, and that's just how things are meant to be. I'm here today maybe to preach to one or two people, if that's all that it is, to tell somebody today that this, that fear is not from God, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And you can overcome and conquer fear, not by your own strength, but when you begin to speak the things of God to that situation, perfect love casts out. Because fear involves torment. Be he who fears has not, been, has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And the narrative here that I'm trying to get across to us here today is this. Is that you need to let your voice out. And begin to speak. Speak to the fear. Speak to the hesitancy. Speak to the doubt. When Jesus says, if there's a mountain that's in front of you, what do you do? You just walk around the mountain? No, he says, speak to... He, says, he didn't even say, speak to me. He says, talk to your mountain. Some of you are facing mountains, and you've been talking to God about it. And you don't mind talking to God about it, but he's saying, if you're seeing and facing a mountain, you speak to your mountain. Because there is power in your voice. And when you suppress your voice, you're suppressing power. But when you let your voice out, somebody, hear me today. When you begin to let your voice out and be heard, of the, and, and make sure it's alignment with the things of God. But when you let your voice out in love, it can cast out every fear. It can overcome every doubt. It can bring down every high place that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But you have to let your voice out. You can't keep it in. You can't just sit here and say, nod your head and think to yourself, well, that sounds pretty good. I can go ahead and do that. You have to let it out. John 10, 10, I didn't give you the scripture, but John 10, 10 says this. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus finishes that and he says, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But here that beginning of that here today is that it says that the thief comes not but for to steal. Some of you have lost your voice. I know when I get done preaching on a Sunday morning, and then I gotta go, if, if I'm preaching on a Sunday night, I, I get a little nervous because I can lose my voice actually pretty, pretty easily, unfortunately. Um, maybe I just need to shorten everything up, and that's fine. Everyone said amen. Okay, but the point is, um, you know, there's something that's challenging when you lose your voice. And you can't, and you can't really project like you want to, and you can't really speak like you want to. And, and that's, that's maybe challenging to have. And even conversationally, if you talk to me on a Monday morning after a whole day of talking and preaching and everything and singing and worshiping and all that on, on a Monday morning, if you were to talk to me on a Monday morning, it sounds like maybe I've been smoking two packs a day for the last 35 years. You know, it's like, what's going on there? You know, so... There's the, but there's a difference between losing your voice like that and your voice being stolen from you. Yeah. 
Because there have been some things, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning, so you know what? You don't even have to amen me. I don't even care anymore. Like, this is my last Sunday. This is my last Sunday here this year anyway, so I don't even feel like. <laughs> but some of you, you've lost your voice. You've lost the ability not the ability, the ability still remains, but you've lost the connection between your voice and what you say and what's going on here in your heart. And that there's been a disconnect. Something has been broken there. Something isn't really reflecting really what's going on in our hearts. Even so much so, you ever have a conversation with somebody who's, who's kind of finding either excuses or reasons why something has happened and they don't even buy it themselves? You ever have one of those conversations with somebody? Well, I couldn't do this because of, and then they have all the lists of reasons kind of lined up, right? And they don't even buy it themselves because they don't really have, they're not giving really a voice to what's true. Some of us, we've lost our voices. Even maybe while we were singing or, or even, even while you're just, maybe even just by yourself and, and these thoughts come into your head about the things of God and, and he's calling you and, and drawing you as he's been calling and drawing you in today. It, it says, in, when we just read this, we love him because he first loved us. So he's coming to you and he's drawing you and he's, he's beckoning you, come in, come in, because I love you, I love you. He's trying to restore, I believe, at least one of the things, he's trying to restore your voice. He's trying to give you a voice back. To connect what's going on in your life to him. Get that voice. Get that voice out there. We sing it. I mean, we, our, the songs we were singing this morning were all, about that, were all about that. My praise, my shout is a weapon. We were all over that this morning. When I shout, we sing about walls come down. We were all over that. When we talked about raising a hallelujah and I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm and, and it's going to be louder and louder and louder. Why? Because, because I realized somewhere along the way you got to realize that what you say and how you project your voice makes an impact on the environment that's around you. One of the greatest things that accompanies, in, in the book of Acts, one of the greatest things that accompanies tongues when somebody gets the Holy Ghost is also that they prophesy. But you realize that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you, it's evidenced by, the, by speaking in tongues. But then they would also prophesy. And what they would speak. That there was, a, there was a purpose in the voice. That it matters to God the things that you say. It matters to God what comes out from your, from your mouth. Speaking of the tongue, the most unruly member of your body. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and all the spouses said, amen. And all the parents said, oh my. Yeah. And we've lost our voice. We've got it in a box tucked away somewhere. Pastor Hatton mentioned it this morning, and, and I, I so appreciated that he said this. Again, we didn't talk about it, but he talked about the greatest gift that you can bring here today. The last gift, the greatest gift that you maybe want to bring to the Lord today is in praise. And can I tell you, some of your voice is in a box. 
and it's wrapped up and it looks real nice and pretty and we say someday I'm going to unwrap this someday I'm going to use this and it's put up on a shelf somewhere but what the Lord is wanting to tell you today is you I want to encourage somebody to give this as a gift unto the Lord and say Lord I got this gift for you and he opens it up and takes the paper off and opens the box and there's your voice and it's like a gift to the Lord it's a blessing he loves to hear your voice because he made you and he gave you a voice and he says I want to just hear from my people but you can't do that if you keep it in a box you've got to let your voice out Some of us, we don't like the sound of our voice. If you don't like the sound of your voice, raise your hand. <laughs> if you don't like the sound of my voice, raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a, I saw a couple of hands go up. Okay, okay. I'm going to pray extra hard for you. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to say, but um, we don't like the sound of our voice. I had a privilege, I don't know, it was a privilege. It was a privilege last week. I had a privilege to join in in a life group. And I was, I was a guest at a life group and on a Sunday afternoon. And it was, it was interesting because if you know anything about our life groups, it's a video of me. And I'm talking for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Sometimes longer, not important. But um, okay, okay. But I'm just talking. And you know what? You want to know how awkward that is to sit in a room full of people and then just like watching yourself like, yeah, that's me. You know, like. kind of wanted to be like, that's a really good point. He's so smart and handsome and all this. Like, but I can I had to be honest. So, um, but it wasn't so much seeing myself on a screen. It was hearing that. It was hearing that. I don't like the sound. We don't like the sound of our voice sometimes. But can I tell you, keeping your voice in, keeping it in is not humility. Keeping it in, you are robbing yourself of victory. Keeping it in, you are robbing yourself of overcoming. Can I tell you, keeping your voice in, you're robbing yourself of joy. You're robbing yourself of being more than a conqueror. When you let your voice out, when you begin to speak and to say some things and give words to what's going on in your life. When you let your voice out, there is something real and powerful and potent that takes place in your life because we are created as creatures of communication. Communication is so important to us that even when people can't hear our voice, that we have created a way, internationally a way, so that we can still communicate with what we're trying to convey. Communication is so important to us. So he's looking for communication. That's why when Jesus says, when you pray, say. He, your voice is important. You may not like the sound of your voice. You may not think that the use of your voice is necessary. But the Lord is trying to connect to somebody here today and to restore your voice and bring, get your voice back 
so you can remember what it's like. Do you remember what it's like? Oh, that's what it feels like to sing without anything holding me back. Oh, that's what it feels like to pray without feeling any, any guilt like, or any contradiction in my spirit. Oh, that's what it feels like to worship without feeling condemned. Oh, that's the feeling of truly connecting with my God. He's trying to get your voice out from this body that it's in and let it out from your mouth. All right, amen. You gotta let your voice out, or I'm just gonna keep preaching. Because guess what? I'm not preaching tonight. So it's like I got two and one. So you just, you hurry this thing up. You tell me, you hurry this thing up. This is on you this morning. Bunch of chokers. Yeah. He's like, amen. They all of a sudden everyone's, amen, amen. Holy, praise God. Let's go. Amen. So, okay, real quickly, I want to go through this. The shepherd scene. So we, we started out this morning with the shepherd scenes, one where we find those who are overseeing sheep, and they received a privileged message of the Messiah's arrival. The angels didn't appear to the wise men. They didn't appear to King Herod, or the high priests, or the Levites. The angel's message was delivered to shepherds who were nearby. First and foremost is this is that there is a message that God has for you. He's trying to connect to you. I talk about your voice and how important it is. He's trying to talk to you. It starts with him calling us. We love him because he first loved us. When that passage in 1 John is talking about love, having a boldness in love, that's how he was, so we should be as well. When it talks about that, that speaks to us today that lets us know that he initiated the boldness of love when he came to us with boldness in his coming. Right. Amen. And so he's giving us a way to say this is how you can do it, and he's talking to you first. He has a message to you first. And you need to be a recipient of his message first. You can't love him in return unless you first receive the love that he's giving to you. You can't, you can't say, Lord, I don't, I don't deserve it. I'm just going to let you keep that and I'm just going to try and love you in return. That's not how it works. He wants, to, he wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you in your personal life. And you need to be open to that and receive it and say, okay, I'm going to receive that. Amen. The issue here for the shepherds is that they were available. They were accessible. And they were right there, ready to hear it. You today, God has a message for you. Are you available to him? Are you accessible to him? And are you ready, willing to hear it. Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 9. This is a really cool book if you want to read it. It's not very long. So Zechariah 3 and 9 says, For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language. This is going on, the, the first two chapters and, and into the third chapter, this is going on and on and on about how Israel 
and Judah have left the Lord and they've forsaken God and that judgment was coming to them and, and that a fire was building. And you think, oh, this fire is good. Like in verse number eight, it talks about how there's this fire that's building and it's going to consume all of the people. And it's like this big climactic moment where it's like, oh no, God's going to wipe everybody out and just consume them. But then he completely flips the script and he says this, at that point, I'm going to restore to the peoples a pure language that they may call on the name of the Lord and to serve him with one accord. He's letting you know that despite everything that may go on in your life and no matter where you find yourself personally, he's saying, you don't have to live under condemnation. I'm trying to restore you and bring back a purity of language to your life. Hold on, is this okay this morning? That some, some of us, have our, some of your voices have been co-opted and the world has taken hold of your voice and now you're lending your voice to other causes and issues. And, you, and you, some of you, oh, I feel Holy Ghost here this morning, so just hang with me for a minute. Some of you feel like you're so far into other things that there's no way that you could ever be restored back to the innocence and the purity that you had when you first met Jesus. But this word tells me something different. He's saying, I'm going to restore to you a pure language. Not just average speech that you know all the right words to say. Hear that today. Not just knowing all the right words to say. He's saying a purity of language because the purity of language matches up what's going on with your lips and what's going on in your heart. That they may call on him on the name of the Lord, and serve him with one accord. But then go down to verse 17. Let's go down to verse 17 of that same chapter real quickly because here's something that's interesting that takes place. It says, The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. Not only is he talking about your voice, but he says, He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. You see, we love him because he first loved us. And he is rejoicing over you just at the potential of you returning back to him. He's saying, come on back. Come on back to me. I'm rejoicing over you with gladness and with love and with singing. We don't really think of God as being like a big singer, do we? Some of you, with your fathers... Some of your fathers are here, some of your fathers aren't here. Okay, that's fine. But what would it be like to be walking and going through the room and all of a sudden you hear your father's voice and he's singing. And he's singing, he's singing all about you. A song just written for you. Now some of you are like, my dad's voice is so bad that... I just say, Dad, I get the sentiment. Just, uh, you know, just, but hold on a second. When you don't have that, or when that's something that's been lost, you don't care how bad it sounds. You'd want it back. Just to hear my dad's voice one more time, right, some of you? Just hear your father's voice one more time, singing about the things of God, or talking about the things of God. Oh, what a difference that would make, and how beautiful that would be. This is not your earthly father singing over you. 
This is your heavenly Father singing songs about you and blessing about you all over you. So the wise men, and I'm hurrying to a close here this morning. I am. But I want to stay on track because, because I can't let go of this point. You have a voice. And your voice needs to be heard. You can't keep giving your voice to things that are only feeding poison back into your life. Give your voice to that which will give life to you. So these shepherds were met after the birth of Jesus. They were met and they were set up for a meeting. The angels came and it says in verse 13 of Luke chapter 2, there was suddenly with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. There was a whole choir of angels, a host of angels that were saying, and, and they, were, they were praising God, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And then the angel says to the shepherds, okay, now go. Go, you're going to find him. So they, so they said, well, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that's coming to pass. They were set up for a meeting, but they had to respond in faith. They had to go seek it out. Here this morning, God is setting you up for a meeting. Not a church service. He's setting you up for a personal meeting. Like, he's not talking to uh, the king. He's not talking to um, the high priest or the, or the priesthood or the Levites. He's not talking to, to anybody else. He's talking just to you. And he's setting you up for a meeting with him. But he's also letting you know, I'm going to step back and give you the opportunity to step out in faith and meet me. Because he's not going to force you there. Some of you have gotten to this place before so many times where you're saying, okay, God, if you'll just give me another sign. Right? Right? Like, hear this, if, the, like, if you were there talking to the shepherds and they were like, okay, Lord, if you would just give us one more sign, it's like, what more signs do you need? Like the angel of the Lord comes and then a whole army of angels comes and now there are a choir of angels and they're all singing together. Like, how many more signs do you need? But now here today, because you haven't seen an angel or because maybe some things haven't worked out in your life the way that you thought they would, and you're saying, okay, Lord, if you just give me one more sign, how many more open doors and signs do we need? God wants to meet with you today, and he's putting it out there saying, if you'll just come seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. You'll find him when you search for him. So he gives this message. The shepherds immediately sought out and responded to it. And this, this is maybe one of our biggest, I want to say, um, opportunities. Let's call it an opportunity. Yeah. This is one of our biggest opportunities for growth is responding to God when he speaks. Immediately. 
Not tomorrow. Not January 2nd on a new year. Not after lunch, you know, when, when I get a little meal or something like that. But responding immediately when the Lord begins to speak to you. You know, we like to, oh, Lord help me today. I don't know if anyone else is having a good time. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> you know what we like to do? I don't want to make anyone offended, so... What we like to do, here we go, is we like to do this. The Lord's talking to you here on a Sunday morning. The Lord's speaking to you. He's, he's getting down in your business. He's talking to you in your life. And what we like to do is we like to do is we like to sit here right like this. And we like to go, yeah, that's, that's probably true. And um, I, I probably could have heard that. So tell you what, next week. When we sing those songs again, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to worship next week. And I'm definitely going to let my voice out next week because that's, that's a good point. You know, I kind of just, just didn't really work. You know, I just kind of like held, held it all in. And so next week when all the same songs are sung again, um, I'm, I'm definitely going to worship like that. That's good. And we, and we stand. Let's all stand. No, don't really do this. But we go, let's all stand together. We all kind of stand. And we're like, oh, this is good. And then we just kind of like, that's it. That's it. It's like the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill to morning. And then, and then the, the angels are gone. I'm like, oh, next year, if we are here on the same hill and there's angels like that, we are definitely going to Bethlehem. Because that next time the whole world is taxed, this is like, I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to Bethlehem because this was really cool. They didn't do that. They heard from God. And they said, I have to do something about it. When we hear from God, he's not saying, kick the can down the road and I'll meet you there eventually. When you hear from God, he's saying, hey, I'm talking to you and I want something to happen and transpire in your life. And it may not be the most convenient season. It may, you might feel like, well, God, I haven't been living right. And so how can I ever come to you because I haven't been living right? He's saying, I'm done with all of that. I'm giving you an open door and an invitation to come to me if you're willing to take a step out from where you are and come after me. And when you seek him, you will find him when you search for him with all of your heart. Some of you know what I'm talking about. That you were lost and you were playing religion for so long. Oh, come on, somebody. And we played religion for so long and we played church for so long. But then one day when you decided, I'm going to get into this thing for real. I'm going to get into this thing 100%. I'm tired of playing it safe. I'm tired of being fake. I'm tired of just being who everyone else. I'm just going to get into this thing for real for myself. And when that happened, God didn't push you away. God didn't pull the rug out from underneath you. He said, come on in, son. Come on in, daughter. I'm going to bring you in. I told you you could trust me and you could trust him every step of the way he met you come on somebody you remember where you were when God met you not when church met you when God met you church doors can be open fine we can sing great songs fine but you need an experience with God and God's giving you the opportunity right now. He's saying, I'm opening up every door to invite you in. And he's saying, but it's up to you to take the step. It's like, what more steps does he need to take? Oh, my Lord, help us. Because <laughs> we do this. We're, some of you are doing this with God right now. 
You're like, well, God, if you just do a couple more things. Oh, I don't know. What did he do? He kind of like came to earth and wrapped himself in flesh. And then he lived a sinless life. And then he went ahead and was betrayed of everybody but didn't fight back. And he was crucified. And then he was, while he was crucified, he was displayed upon naked in shame and beaten in front of all the whole world for our sins. And then he was buried in a tomb. And then he rose again and he ascended. And he's saying, I'm coming back. I'm putting my spirit in your life. It's like, what more does he have to do? But I don't like that song. I'm not really sure. Like, what? What? Stop! I don't really feel like it's the day after Christmas. I don't know if, like, today's really convenient. When is going to be convenient? <laughs> okay, I, I need to hurry. But I'll say it like this. It's kind of like when my wife and I were, um, we had our first child, Olivia, and then we're like, well, do we want to have another one? I was like, well, for sure, because I want to have a boy. So, um... So, so I, I was talking with somebody at that time, and some of you, if I said his name, you, you know him, but um, I was talking to somebody at that time who had two daughters, and, and he said, you know, we really want to have more kids, but we just don't really know if it's really convenient for us right now. We don't know if that just really fits with our lives right now. And I thought to myself, when does it fit? Like, when does everything fit together for you to have an addition like that in your life? Right? So here's the question. When does it all fit for you to fit Jesus into your life? Like, when is my schedule going to be just right? When is my lifestyle going to be just right? When are my finances going to be just right? When are my hobbies and my interests? When, are, when, are, when, are my, when is my friend group going to be just right? When is my career going to be just right? Like, right? Like, we get all of these things and we think to ourselves, okay, if I get, this is what we do, if I get all these things right, then, because his mercy endures forever, I'll be able to step through that door at that point. The problem is, without him, you can't get those things right. He's not waiting for you to get those things right. He's saying, come to me. Come to me, you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me and seek me out, and you'll find what you are looking for. So the shepherds responded, and in their immediate response, they experienced God personally. This is where it comes down to today. So I want to talk to you about your voice. And I, I'm, I'm done here this morning. I just have a couple more things to say. You need to respond in order to experience God personally. The beauty, th- the beauty of church sometimes, it's, it's kind of a dual relationship here. It's a dichotomy because sometimes you can have great church and experience great church. Right? And it's like fun and vibrant and it's good. It's good. It's good. So we don't want to do away with We don't want bad church, by the way. Like, right? Like, oh, we've had so much good church. Let's start having bad church. Like, what? No. We're not going to try that out. <laughs> that happens on its own. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Everyone just be calm. Um, it, yeah. So... <laughs> You need to experience it for yourself. Because you can be in a church in, in a room full of other believers 
and, and everything going right, and it's great, and it's vibrant, and it's good, and you can say, man, this feels really good, and you can leave unchanged. But then when it's your turn, and he's knocking on your door, and he's saying it's time for you to come, and you're like, I don't know if I'm, Lord, I, I think you're talking to him. I think you're talking to her. And some of you today are like trying to shovel this back to somebody else. And the Lord's like, nope, I'm talking to you. I'm getting right in your life. I'm getting right where you're at, and I'm trying to let you know that I'm calling you in closer to me. But the only way that it's ever going to really, really happen in your life is when you respond to what he tells you to do. You got to respond. You got to respond. Come on, someone. You know, you know what I, you, I, I detest the most as a parent? Is I detest when my children ignore me. Can I get a witness here today? I, come on, Shawan. When, when your boys ignore you, that, not you never did, but like when you know, the other sons ignored you, like when they ignore you, you like that? No, you don't. Like you try and give them good advice, you try and tell them what to do, you guide them along, and they just kind of like in their own world. Like I didn't even hear you, Dad. Like you're standing right next to me. How could you not hear me? If I say cookies, you're like, oh yeah, here I am. You know, like, where art thou, where art thou Lord? You know, like, what? But I can't stand it when my kids ignore me. And I can't stand projecting that onto the Lord. When he's talking to me, and I'm sitting there going, mm, I don't know if I hear you today, God. I don't really know if I want to listen to that, Lord. I'll just listen later. I'll listen later. And what he's saying is, I'm talking to you, and I want you to respond. So how do I respond? One of the greatest things that you can do is you can respond with your voice. You say, well, I don't even know how to use my voice in responding to the Lord. You can use your voice by just saying yes. Just saying yes, Lord. Come on, when was the last time you just said yes to him? If you've been pushing him away for so long and you're saying, well, Lord, I'm not so sure, so I think I'll just stay on my hillside here and let everybody else kind of figure this thing out. He's saying, I'm talking to you, and I just want you to say yes. Just say yes. You don't have to figure it all out. The, the, the answers will come, but just say yes to God. Sometimes, and we can experience it here today, where people don't even have words. They just start yelling. I met somebody, we were in Iowa a couple weeks ago, and I met somebody that I told um, Brother Ray Langer this. Where you at, Brother Langer? There you are, okay. I told Brother Ray Langer this, it reminds me of him. Although he has, he has a kind of a deeper, raspier voice, and I thought, man, if you get these two guys together, like, just, just, just go. Just get out of there, you know, because it's like dynamite. Just, it's going to be explosive. And, and sometimes, and I'm not saying this about you, Brother Lang, but sometimes, you know, you hear somebody in church that just starts yelling and just starts, woo, ah, you know, just, yeah. You're just like, what is going on? Why are they acting like that? Because there's, you know, I, who are we to judge anybody, first of all? Number one, number one. Number two is there's something that's going on in there, and they say, I've got to get something out, and I don't even got the words to say whatever's going on in here, so I'm just going to express myself the only way that I know how to do. I've got to let something out. It's that voice in their lives that you don't always need to put words to it, but you got to give a voice to it. It's that voice in their lives that's coming out and saying, yes, Lord, oh, God, I need you, or I acknowledge you in this place right now Jesus Jesus yes come on that's exactly right 
That's about as honest as it gets. I don't know what I'm doing. I need your help. And we think God's up there going, well, I thought I told you how to figure it out. No, he's saying that's exactly where I wanted you to be. Now I can come in and help you. I can help you. I can meet you when you let your voice out. We play this game of hide and seek with God. We're like, okay, God, come find me. We go and hide ourselves. The reality is when you play hide and seek, you want to be found. You want to hide really well, but you also kind of want to be found. You know the surest way to give yourselves away? My kids, are, my kids do this because they're really bad at hide and seek. You know the surest way to give yourself away? is to make some noise. We played hide and seek in the backyard a couple of weeks ago at night. It was the dead of night, and we had, we had flashlights, and I hit, I hit one of my kids underneath a wheelbarrow tipped upside down. I'm like, you hide under here. This would be so good. They were hiding under there, and I knew where they were, and the other one was looking for them. They are like, where's she at? Where's she at? And all of a sudden, you hear, hee, 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 hee. I'm like, you're ruining the whole thing. It's the best hiding spot ever. What are you doing? You know why they do that? Some deep down wants to be found. You want to be found. You don't want to be lost. You don't want to be hidden away. You want him to find you. You don't have to have the perfect words to say it. All you got to do is be honest and say, Lord, help me. Lord, find me. Lord, find me. If I, I feel like I'm lost. I feel like I'm floating. I don't know what to do. Lord, come and find me. Come and save me. Come and deliver me. Come and, I don't even know what you're going to do. Just do something, God. And when the shepherds responded to the call of God in their lives, they went down and they found Jesus. And what I find so amazing about what they found Jesus is that when they were done finding Jesus, they went everywhere, all over the place, and began to tell everybody exactly what had taken place in their lives. And nobody told them to do that. They did that on their own. Because when you, you ever find those people that are just crazy and they come up telling you about everything in the world? You're like, I don't really need to know. Did you know the Pentagon? And you're just like, okay, just settle down. Like, because they're really excited about something, brother. Reed. I don't know what they're talking about. There's like January 6th and all this kind of stuff. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> I'm just going to stay over here. <laughs> right? People are just really excited about something, and they'll tell you all about it. These shepherds, they went out and told everybody that they could find, and nobody told them to do that. Why? Because they had an experience. They heard God telling them what to do. And when they went and sought him out, they found him. And they said, this is it. This is it. And I can't keep this to myself. Let's stand together here this morning. And musicians, if you would please come at this time. I tell you today that when something life-changing happens to you, you can't keep it inside. When something truly life-changing happens to you, you've got to tell somebody. When something so powerful and dynamic happens in your life, you've got to find someone and tell them. It doesn't even, they could be a stranger on the street. You got to, you just have to let this thing out. The question I have for us here today 
is has something life-changing happened in your life since you met Jesus? Oh, I think sometimes we maybe forget about it. I think sometimes we maybe forget about where we were, sitting lonely on a hillside somewhere with really no aim and no future in our life, no hope, no direction. We didn't know what to do. We, we, had, we had nothing going for us in our lives, but all of a sudden, God shows up in your life and he proves himself to you and he says, I'm here for you. Oh, do you remember that day? Come on, somebody, do you remember that day? When you had no hope and no direction in your life. You remember that day when you thought you had it all figured out, but then when you really came to yourself, you realized, I'm empty and I'm broken and I have nothing. And then somebody was maybe preaching a message or somebody was giving a Bible study and they were talking about Jesus. And you're like, well, yeah, I've heard about Jesus before, but how can he really, really help me? How can prayer help me? How can worship and praise help me? How can any of this help me? But something then you said, okay, you know what? Fine. I'll give it a chance. Some, some intellectuals in here that have a, a vocabulary that would just frustrate the rest of us. And you, we can try to think ourselves out of situations and, and rationalize ourselves into something that resembles at least some kind of logical truth, but only knowing that at the end of it, it's never really satisfying. It never really grasps what we're really looking for in our lives. It's empty. It's, it's shallow. It's, it's hollow. There's nothing there. But yeah, I've heard about Jesus, but how can he help me now? What can Jesus do for me? We go on and on and on and on. And then finally, some point in our lives, it comes to a breaking point. It comes to a breaking point in your life where you say, you know what? I don't know what else to do. So I might as well. I might as well give Jesus a try. I might as well try him. I might as well, you know what, I don't, I don't know what else I'm going to do. So I might as well lean into this. Let's go check this thing out. And when you begin to really lean in and to follow after the invitation that Jesus has given you, you'll find that it's so much more than what you could have ever imagined. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. It's not just the next, the kingdom that's coming. Because he says, my kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. So what the shepherds did at the very end of this all, what we're doing here today, the Bible says that they came back. It says, in verse number 20 of Luke 2, then they re- the shepherds returned. They went back to where it all started. and They glorified and praised God for all the things that they had seen as it was told to them. It says they came back to where it all started. They returned. And when they returned, they didn't stop. They glorified God. They were, they were praising God. The glorify means to extol or to magnify and to celebrate. 
moment when they realized what Jesus had done and that God had come into their lives, when they realized that this was the changing point in their lives for their future, they begin to celebrate and extol and magnify the Lord. And they, were, they, they weren't just down in the dumps and say, well, what can this baby do for me? They realized that something had changed in their lives and that they were never going to be the same. So they began to glorify God. Not only that, they, they began to praise Him. The word praise there means to enthusiastically express admiration or agreement and alignment with. They realized and they said, this is what we've been looking for. This is what we've been waiting for. I didn't even realize it could be this great. Yeah, it's just starting as a little baby, but something has changed in my life. They came back. And these few ignorant shepherds let their voices out and made sure that heaven wasn't the only one praising that night. They were giving their voices back to what God was doing in their lives. And here today, here this morning, we've already celebrated Christmas and we're all kind of Christmas out and that's fine. It is what it is. It's done and over with. But I want to bring us back. I want to bring us back to where it started. I want us to return to where, where, what all of this is really all about. This is about our Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he's doing in your life and an opportunity for you today. You don't have to have it all figured out, but an opportunity for you today to respond to his calling to you because he is calling you today. He's putting it out there and he's saying, come on seek after me. Come on and lean in a little bit. Come on just a little bit closer, a little bit farther. Try it again. Some of you have tried and tried it and you've put that on a shelf for a while. Well, why don't you take it on and just try it again. Try it again. And he's saying, you don't have to have it all figured out. I'm going to help you figure it all out. Just try it again. And when you seek him and you give your voice to whatever's going on in your life, he will respond to you. He will meet you there. He will satisfy what's going on in your heart. He's going to write something new in your life today. Today, today, today. Amen. So here's what I'd like us to do here this morning. Um, he's given the call. He's given the invitation. But you need to experience it personally. You need to experience it personally. So what I'd like for us to do this morning is this. Um, as we often do as, at the end of every service, we, we, we open up this front area and we give an invitation to come and respond, not to me, respond to him. Because he is the one that's inviting you and drawing you. So that's what we're going to do right now. But before I, I say, well, come on up. What I want you to do, this is going to, some of you are going to love this. Some of you are going to hate this. And I really don't care. This is like my gift to myself. It's so selfish. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What I want you to do is I want you to, <laughs> I want you to go find somebody. You do it. I want you to go find somebody. 
and want you to say, will you come up and pray with me? Will you come up and pray with me? I, I, I don't really like my voice, but I feel like if you're with me, we can just kind of blend together because I've got some things going on in my life and you know what? I, I need someone to pray with me. Will you come up and pray with me? Well, I want you to do that. Go ahead. Go find somebody right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go find someone right now. And if they say no, that's okay. Just put more pressure on them. Use whatever trick you have to. You two know each other? There's a little room up here. If, if there's room in the end, right over here, if anybody wants. This is Pastor Nathan Kirk, and I am so glad that you have decided to make Greater Life a part of your day by tuning in to the message that you're about to hear. We here at Greater Life are a group of people that are passionate about living for Christ as well as service one to another. From our worship services, classes, and messages, we strive to love and serve with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I hope you enjoy the message you're about to hear, that it is a blessing to you, and that in turn you may be a blessing to others. If you're searching for a church to call your home, I encourage you to join us here at Greater Life. Music